and welcome. Do you know anyone who is burning out? I'm sure that you do. These days, everyone seems to have a burnout story, or at least they know someone who does. As you know, I'm a coach, and I therefore know a lot of other coaches. And the stories that I hear um, are very similar. Like, I love my job, or I loved my job, and then one day it just got too much, I burned out. And then this major change, uh, I made this major life change, and now I'm living the life of my dreams. I'm sure you've heard this story before. And it's even my story. My story is like that too. The difference is just that I never loved my job. Um, but it did get too much and I couldn't handle it anymore. I feel that we're hearing a lot of burnout stories, um, but what, I, what we're not hearing so much about is how does it feel to be in a burnout or to burn out? And, and how do you know that you are burning out? And to help me answer some of these questions, I invited fellow coach and friend, Ala. So hello, Ala, and welcome. Hello, Anne-Louise. Hi, nice to have you here. Thank you for having me here. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself and um, tell us where you're from? What do you do? Yeah, thank you for that. And uh, thank you, Anne-Louise, uh, for inviting me to talk about this. I am very passionate about this topic. Um, I think this is indeed something that we hear nowadays left and right. And um, I think the more we can uh, open up people's eyes to what burnout actually is and how it feels and make people aware of what to look out for, the more chance we have to influence something about the work context and about our lives. Um, so my, my name, as you said, like is Ala. I come originally from Ukraine. I live in Belgium. Um, I used to work in a corporate sector for many, many years. And uh, as many of those stories goes, I had experienced a burnout a few years back, and which led me uh, eventually to reevaluate my whole, um, I think, life, my whole values, my beliefs, and many, yeah, many things of what what were important to me, and which basically led me to make some important changes in my life. And um, what I do today, I uh, became like yourself, a, a coach, a professional coach, and I accompany people in their uh, life, in their uh, burnout stories, pre-burnout and post-burnout and helping them like relieve the stress and get the life that they actually want to have. Mm, wonderful. More people like that, right? <laughs> and your story is very similar, isn't it? That you you also had a job that you liked and then it, it, it got too much or what what exactly happened? Well, I, I think I, I share with you in that story that, you know, that I didn't really like my job that much. I think there were many aspects of it that I did enjoy. And at the same time, there were many that were not uh, things that were pleasant for me. Um, but of course, the, you know, like with a burnout, I guess it's something that's, yeah, the question is, you know, when does it start and when does it, uh, how do you go into it? You know, mm. when, when do you know that you are in a burnout? I guess it's all those questions that you want to, um, to discuss today. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you maybe ask the questions. Yes. <laughs> but that's exactly what I find so interesting that how do you know that you're, um, that you're in a burnout? Uh, how, what was like, what was your life before? Like, let's pretend there's a wall, the burnout wall or something. And then what was it like before? What was, 
what was the tipping point? What happened? Or did something happen? I... Yeah. Um, yes. Um, yeah, that's an interesting question about, you know, the, about the life before and the life after. I think it's, you know, when I, when I think about it, it's not something like a broken leg, right? When you say like, oh, I, you know, I was fine and then I broke my leg and then, you know, it healed again and I'm, I'm back running again. You know, it's, it's mm. that one cutoff point in time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I guess many uh, listeners also will know that, you know, burnout is a process that happens over, uh, over time due to exposure to chronic stress, basically. Mm. It's not, um, it's typically when you go through like many, maybe, you know, stressful situations over a long period of time. And when your body doesn't learn how to recuperate from those stressful situations, uh, that stress builds up, builds up, builds up in your body. And at some point it becomes too much. And I think that's happened for me. Um, you know, I, I ask myself, how long was that process? You know, when was it actually um, kind of when I could have prevented it somehow and mm. actually led to it? And I think those questions, you know, I, I pose myself many times. And when I look at my life, you know, like pre-burnout, I think there were many things that, that led to it that um, that happened in external environment and in my internal environment that. Uh, yeah, over time just uh, led me to experience it. And just to highlight some of those things, you know, um, my, my life before burnout, I was, uh, as I mentioned, I worked in the corporate sector. I was very, uh, like, dedicated, high achiever, like, very driven, I think, person in that sector. And then, uh, you know, as I grew, um, uh, yeah, I think also in my roles, um, I was taking more and more responsibility. But then, you know, what happened in my personal life, I also, um, you know, I had kids. So I, uh, over the course of a couple of years, I had like two young children. And basically, you know, when I had my first child, I, um, uh, I lost the job that I was in because the company decided to relocate to another country. And I basically, you know, left to on my maternity leave, knowing um, the way of working that I knew before having kids. And then when I returned back to work, I returned with two young children. Mm. I've used the same ways of working or the same kind of standards that I applied to myself and to my work that I did before I had children. So I completely didn't take into account the fact that I have this additional um, kind of charge on, on, my, on my demands, on my capacities, which uh, also required a lot of my attention, a lot of my presence. And I didn't um, necessarily know how to accommodate all of that. And that's, uh, you know, part of the personal life. I think you know, on a broader context of also, like, I think it's important to note what happens in the external environment around us. I think that also has an impact on how, how we feel. So it's not only um, our internal, well, it is our internal state, but it's largely influenced by the external environment. In, in uh, like, the, the, what happened, I think, also uh, important to note in that point in time, there were a lot of issues happening in the uh, political situation in my home country where I come from, mm-hmm. so where my safety and the safety of my family was challenged, I think, in a very direct way. Then there were things happening also uh, in the country of my partner. Then mm. happening, we had um, uh, terrorist attacks in Brussels a couple of years ago. And so that was immediately impacting the family and the place where I lived. So mm. sense of safety and security that we all need to have to feel good in our skin, for me, it was extremely challenged. Right. Coupled with the demands, like high demands of the job, where there was a lot of changes, a lot of, um, uh, yeah, I think some like personal issues, a lot of 
uh, demands in, term, in terms of workload. I think all of this together leads to the situation where as a person I was constantly in an alert state. Now, and in that state, I think over time, what happens like, and many people I think who experience chronic stress, you know, over time you stop noticing those things. You know, yes. used to that state of being in that state that you don't know anymore, that you, maybe that's not normal. And one phrase I wanted to say, you know, what I, I hear from like some of my friends nowadays, and I, I'm sure I said it before, you know, when, when you talk about your situation and then you just say, oh, oh yes, but everyone is in the same thing, so I should not complain. Mm. You know, and when I hear this now, sometimes I say, well, actually, you know what, not everyone is in the same situation, but you so much get to the point that you think that's just the way it is, that you don't even know that it could be different. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and longer. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I think it's. I'll I'll keep my answer shortest. <laughs> it's great. I think that you've said so many good good things, and wow, what what a load, right? The, your personal safety, your family safety, and and the demands at work, and um, yeah, so many good things. Um, and and I love how you say that it it just became normal because. Why would you be any different from um, from someone else? And and I can I can totally mirror myself in that feeling of um, so so to I want to tell you about my my burnout story um, that I also related to kids. I had a job that I I didn't really like, um, but I was told that in the beginning of your career there will be things that you don't like about your job. So like paying your dues kind of thing. So I thought, all right, well, I'm just gathering experience. I'm just paying my dues, I guess. And, you know, not really understanding that I, that I had a choice, I think. And then the babies came and uh, going back to work. I, I'm also a bit of a control freak, so I wanted to control everything. So delegating for me, especially my baby, delegating my baby was extremely hard um, because I know best, <laughs> you know. Uh, very difficult to let let that, let go of that control because I've had him inside of me for nine months. So I I've been in control for nine months, and all of a sudden to have to let go of that control, I found extremely hard. And then going back to a work environment where they expected so much of me, and I was like, dude, I just made a person. <laughs> can you just can you just chill? <laughs> you know. And then for me, that was also the society pressure of that. I have to look a certain way. Um, I don't know how many times I was asked, so are you pregnant again? Like, no, I'm not pregnant again. I'm just fat. I had a baby, you know, my, like, it made me so angry when people were asking me constantly, oh, you're pregnant again. No, I have a big belly because I just made a baby, you know? Oh, so I was, so there was this pressure to go to the gym, to, I lose weight to um, all these. Yeah, it just got too much uh, for me. And I was just in a constant chronic stress. And and for the for the sake of what? For the sake of who? It, 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 there were so many questions that that started to emerge. And, and one day I just left work and I I didn't come back. Basically, <laughs> I just couldn't handle it anymore. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and there was this pressure of, 
Well, everyone else seems to be doing fine. And I, and I, I remember in the period reaching out to my HR department and they were saying, oh, but I have a baby and I'm fine. Or, you know, other, I have colleagues who have many children and, and they managed to, to get to work and, and work eight hours and then go back home and they're fine. And I was like, oh, okay, so there must be something wrong with me then. Yeah, and reason I think this is such an important point because we're so used to measure ourselves up by some sort of external mm. standard or external ruler. And I find it such a disgrace because in that process, I think we forget to ask ourselves, what is fine for me? Yeah. What is, you know, yes, other people may have like eight children and still, you know, have a super professional life because that's their choice and they decide to put their time and priority differently and they have different level of energy and yet we if we measure ourselves up by that standard we don't look at actually what works for me yeah because we are unique you know there's nobody like you i've said this many times before that you are unique in your in your way in your biology in your your fingerprints there's only one of you there's only one of me and my even my sister, I have two sisters, their life experience is very different from my life experience. So even though we might have similar DNA and, and similar upbringing um, circumstances, our, we're very, very different people. Um, our gut bacteria are different, which is our second brain, you know, in the body. So everything, we're so different from, and yet it's so hard not to compare yourself to other people, isn't it? Mm. So, so this is some of the feelings that, um, and you can also tell in our voice when we're talking that we get quite upset when we're talking about the experience, don't we? Um, what, what else would you say, what does it feel like to be in a, in a burnout, to be burning out? What, what are some of the feelings that come up? You know, the, the interesting thing that just comes up as you ask this question, um, the first answer is like when you're in a burnout, you don't feel. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. You don't know how to feel. Yes, you mm. get cut off. I think in the process of this chronic stress and pressure, you forget how to feel because that's the only way for you to survive is to focus on action and to stop feeling. Because if you think about feeling, you're afraid that you will fall apart. So you just mm. don't feel. And you know, you get cut off somehow at the head. I think that's my wow. impression. And I think, you know, the, the first actually step, I believe, like to my recovery was, well, to accept, um, to accept the situation and actually to start to learn to feel, yeah. to ask myself, what is it actually that I feel? What do I want? What do I need to start asking those very basic questions, which in the process we forget to ask. Mm. Right. I love that. We don't feel. And maybe that's why it's not talked about <laughs> because there's no, because we don't feel. Yes. And if we allow ourselves to feel, I think there is also, I think one thing, you know, uh, I'm not sure if uh, technically that qualifies as a feeling, but I think the first emotion that comes is shame mm. in this whole um, process of accepting that you maybe yeah you're failing at something you're not managing to cope mm -hmm. there is lots of lots of shame that comes with it because as you said like you know everyone else seems to manage so i might as well be the only one who is not and then it's a lot of 
you know, comes mm-hmm. with a lot of self-judgment, is with a lot of criticism and a lot of beating up of ourselves. Instead of being supporting and empathic towards ourselves, we are just putting even more pressure. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, because I, re- I recall, I remember that feeling of, of, oh, okay, well, everyone else seems to be doing good, so there must be something wrong with me. Like, I, I never thought there was something wrong with the outside world this, the, or the setting or, some, or anything external. It, it must be me that is something wrong with. I must be in a wrong place or I must be feeling wrong or I must be. Yeah, yeah I really I recognize that a lot. I think what is also important, maybe, you know, with that, I think to, to watch out, I think, uh, like for people listening, you know, to watch out for the changes in behavior, changes in how, how you are, because I think those things, you know, they have, happen so subtly then, you know, that we don't notice them over time as they're happening. You know, we mm. maybe notice like, the whole situation when we come, like when we are really at the end of our yeah like when we really don't have any more energy than we know but in the process i think we we tend not to notice and i think it's important to maybe pay attention to also if we live with someone to the signals that they are sending us how are they experiencing us Uh, Mm. because they are excellent mirrors to reflect to us on, on what we are not maybe willing to see and i think there are you know, many emotional uh, signals that happen. Maybe there is much more irritability, which I personally I experienced as well, like lots more aggression, like mm-hmm. very um, uh, impatient maybe with my surrounding and with myself. So those are some of the emotional signals that happen. Uh, I think there are plenty of signals also on a physical level, like mm-hmm. of uh, sleep, maybe uh, difficulty to fall asleep or uh, more frequent uh, infections, uh, diseases, you know, like when your immune system starts to give in. I think when your body starts to talk to you in that way, those are the signals that you, yeah, you can't ignore anymore. Mm. Yes, and, and weight gain. And, and what's interesting is that all the things that you just listed are things that we as a society seem normal to happen after you have kids. Mm. When you have kids, you're tired. When you're kids, you have less patience because you have so many more things to do. You're going to be fighting more. Um, you're not going to sleep. I said that you're not going to, you know, um, uh, you're going to gain weight. You're going to, yeah. And because I, I was trying, as you were talking, I was trying to put myself in this situation. How was my husband um, feeling all these things? And I think we just put all these things in a box of, well, that's completely normal. We just had a kid. That's normal. And that's a very easy way to yeah. box it up. And I think we all look for kind of structures and for simplicity and kind of to put things into boxes so that we can make sense of them. And it's an easy way to do it. And at the same time, you know, it's overlooking maybe some other more important problems. And especially when you talk about it in a work context, you know, if we just put it on the fact that, oh, you're a young mother, so you're dealing with those things. We don't ask ourselves the question like, oh, what may be wrong in our working environment, which may be creating additional stress for this person and for the rest of the community. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the uh, you know, comments that I had during the experience from my coworkers was like, oh, don't worry, there are other people in the same situation. And mm-hmm. I remember getting you know, almost like angry at that question because on one hand it was 
acknowledging that I'm not the only one, which was great. But on the other hand, it was putting all the responsibility on a person without saying like, well, if many people in my work environment experience the same situation, what can we change in the work environment to alleviate that or to, to help people handle it? Or maybe there are something, some things which we're doing in a way which is not appropriate, which just increases that stress for the people. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. those are important questions also to ask, to look at the broader um, implica- uh, not implications to, to um, um, broader drivers than just the person. Mm. And are you talking now specifically about mothers or people who are in burnout or both? Or I think it applies to, yeah, to, to people in the burnout, you know, mm. you always find an easy way to explain without looking at the context. And I, I think it's important to look at the, at, at the context in which we live and beyond, beyond the person. Mm. Of course, there are individual factors like what we described, maybe, you know, you mentioned con- being control freak, you know, wanting to be controlled, you know, being perfectionist, you know, some mm. characteristics which we sometimes we think like, oh, they're really great. They make us achieve things. They make us, you know, go an extra mile. You know, we makes us really great employees and people who really deliver things, you know. Those can be great qualities, but then in a moment of stress, they will work against us. You know, they start being our enemy rather than our ally. Definitely. Um, but those are some inherent personal factors. You know, and at the same time, there are factors also in the external environment, on mm. organization of work, in terms of expectations of work. You know, those are, and the broader factors of the society that I described earlier in terms of, you know, how safe people feel in the environment that they live. Mm. You know, that. So do you, so do you think everyone? It could happen to everyone. It could happen to anyone. I do believe it can happen to everyone. Um, and I think what's important to prevent it from happening is to have very good self-care practices. Mm. Yeah. To have, mm-hmm. But, you know, when I see also in my surrounding, also in people that I work with, you know, the people that do have very good maybe separation between what they do for themselves, like people who know how to put the very good boundaries between work and, and keeping themselves healthy and keeping their health routines, they probably have a, you know, less chance of getting a burnout. And at the same time, I don't think that anybody is immune to it. Mm. I, I think I agree. I, um, I used to think it, this, this only happens to re- highly sensitive people because sensitive, pe- sensitive people are empaths and they take on other people's feelings and, and they think they need to be there for other people. Yeah. Um, these are usually the kind of people who give and give and give and forget to give to themselves. Um, but no, I think, I think you're right. I think it could happen to everyone. Um, and, and the, and the, and what you need to do is to have these healthy, healthy boundaries. These, where is my self-care routine? Right. So let's talk about self-care. What the, I love talking about self-care and, <laughs> and it, it's, it's funny because when I started out my work, I realized very quickly that what was um, in my own healing journey, what was lacking was self-care. And so I tried to build my whole business around self-care. And I felt that it was received in a kind of, oh, but everyone knows how to do that. Kind of. Like, why would I need to, why would I need to hire a coach or, or go to a workshop or something about self-care. I know, I know how to take care of myself. 
And so I thought, oh, okay. So, but so maybe there's something else missing that, what, what do you think? Mm. You know, uh, what comes to mind when, when we talk about this is self-care is um, like, I think I've read the statement somewhere, you know, that self-care is not about a hot bath and chocolate. It's about uh, making the life choices uh, that you need to, you don't need to regularly escape from. No. Ooh, oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where it starts a bit with the self-care, you know, it, it, it is about knowing what your values are and making sure that you live according with those values. Mm. If I, you know, if I think about it in the context of, let's say, professional life, I think, you know, if you're a person that, you know, likes to collaborate, it's all about teamwork, it's all about, you know, helping people out, you know, that that's what drives you and that's what's important to you. And then you work in a very competitive environment where, you know, things are very political when everyone looks out after themselves, you know. And if you consistently for years work in that environment, it, there is bound to be a dissonance in, in how you feel, you know, and, and that is going to affect, you know, your state of being, it's going to affect your health. And there is no amount of, you know, going running or going to the gym or, you know, yeah, eating chocolate or going to a massage that is going to, to remedy that. Mm, yes. And that will build up and that's where the chronic stress comes from. So the more you can be aligned with those, like, what are those things that really, really matter to you deep down in your gut? Mm. And, and it, things like, yeah, massages and all this, it's all around it and, you know, and it all helps. But once you kind of address it at the core. Mm. They, they, exactly what I've been learning as well is that it's the definition of self-care. Mm. Because I think self-care, people think, oh, yeah, but I had a massage last week or... I'm doing self-care. I, I went shopping or I don't know, <laughs> whatever it is. But those are just superficial things, I, in my opinion. These, these are great things and I think they're important things, but they're, they don't go to the core of what it means to take care of yourself. And I, some of the response I've also gotten was, you really think I have time for self-care? You know, I have a job, I have kids, I have blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't... But it's, you know, how, then the question is, how long are you willing to live with that pain? Because it will only be resolved once you start living your values and, and be true to yourself and really be who you are. And when you accept that and, and accept yourself and then all these other things also fall into place. Who, who, am, who do I want to be in terms of my physical health? How do I want to be with food? How do I want to be with exercise? How do I want to be with um, my spirituality? Like there's so many, like self-care is such a huge topic, isn't it? Yeah. And it starts with self-acceptance, right? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yes. I couldn't agree more. So we've talked about a lot of interesting things today in, in terms of um, what it feels to be in a burnout um, that actually it doesn't feel in a burnout because because you're kind of shut off from this feeling part of yourself and and you're in this chronic stress trying to just survive and um and and some of the signs to look out for was is is there a change in your behavior and it doesn't have to be a radical change because change they come really subtly and they become sort of normal i think 
I think some of the telltale signs is if you feel that you're somehow different from like when you start comparing yourself to other people, what, what's different, right? Is, do you want to add something to that, Ala? Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, when you started, you said about comparing to others, but there is also the sense of maybe a separation, you know, yeah. to like self-isolate a bit, you know, maybe you're losing connection with others because I think one of the important, you know, points of resilience is also our social connection in relation mm. to other people, you know. And when we start to get into this mode of like, well, actually, maybe I don't want to see my friends anymore. Maybe uh, I want to lock myself up and be alone, you know. Uh, you know, th those things are also a bit already the signs that, you know, something is happening which you are not okay, you know. Mm. And that's actually a moment where you want to talk to someone, like a trusted friend, or you want to actually open up rather than to go and hide yourself. Because the more you hide yourself, the more you self-isolate, the more you get like, deeper into the, into the hole into the into the hole yeah good good picture yeah and what, what would be um what would be some tips if if you that is listening um are are feeling this way at the moment what what would be some good tips to leave with well it's a good question i think for those who may be finding themselves in this situation or in those feelings uh, i think the first thing I would want to say is like reach out and um, yeah talk, talk to others like talk to a friend talk to a coach talk to a, a healthcare professional talk to your doctor don't make assumptions that um, it's only you it's not only you but reach out for help it's only yeah mm. one connection away usually yeah. yes and there's nothing wrong with you because <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong with you, and and you're not. Um, yeah, yeah, I I felt I was felt I was felt I was made to believe that I, that I that there was something wrong with me, and that I was different from other people. And for a long time, I felt like I couldn't handle life the way other people can handle life, and that's just not the truth. So um, yeah, so so reach out for help, talk to someone, and uh, and never give up. <laughs> there is something on the other side, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. And uh, you, another thing I want to say, you know, maybe not only to those who may experience themselves in this situation, but also if you live with, uh, with mm. who is experiencing this, you know, because we, in our very fast-paced environment, we're so used to maybe like judging, you know, and saying like, oh, this person, you know, my partner has uh, just been annoying, <laughs> you know, and uh, we very quickly jump to conclusions and judge. and. I would invite maybe the listeners to, you know, take a step back and to actually, you know, reflect like, okay, what am I seeing with my partner? Like, are they okay? Maybe what are they experiencing? Could they be under too much stress? You know, are they maybe burning a candle on both ends? To mm. so go and start into the maybe conversation and, you know, the discussion around that and to really ask them, you know, how are you really? Mm. <laughs> Not just, a, yeah, the, the basic how are you? Because that's where you know, the connection happens and that's where maybe you actually can, can help a person that you live with and with that also help yourself because that's what also makes your healthy lifestyle as well, you know, the own. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Um, we're all in this together, aren't we? And, uh, and if we can, with this uh, podcast, uh, start the conversation and make it more normal that 
to talk about and that, that there's nothing shameful about it and um there's nothing wrong with you <laughs> or there's nothing wrong with me and there's nothing wrong with you Allah. Uh, we're just human beings trying to uh, navigate life right yes mm. okay thank you so much Allah, for being a guest today with me and talking about your story and being vulnerable to share your story thank you so much it's a pleasure Anne louise um i'm i'm very passionate to talk about this because uh, i think it's, it's a really really important topic in our society nowadays and i think the more people can be aware of it the more we have a chance to really influence it and to make it a bit of a happy environment for everyone mm. great. great closing thank, thank you so much